0: Welcome to the road to growth success of an entrepreneur we've raised the bar. learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success i'm gonna show you how great i am it's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the enriquez group real listeners today i have uh michael levitt he is the founder and chief of burnout officer he's a coach consultant man of many titles but before we get into who michael is can i call you mike or michael what's better
1: mike or michael works for me
0: okay before i get into all that michael i mean i if you're watching us on the youtube or twitch google you know one of the platforms right there you're seeing what's in michael's background if you're listening to us you're not going to see it so bear with us for a second he has a lot of goodies back there he has the OCD. I probably have ADHD because so I'm looking at basically all the figures he has too on the other side. And so the question I have to ask is going to be a hard hitting question: Who's your favorite superhero?
1: Oh, that would be Batman uh, for sure. Um, I, 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 ever since I was a little kid, uh, my parents, you know, let me watch the Batman TV series. I was able to meet Adam West and Burt Ward at a car convention show in 1976 I believe Uh, yeah it was 1976 in Detroit and then ironically 40 years later I took my oldest daughter uh, because they were doing a tour and I was able to see Adam West and Burt Ward 40 years later uh, at a comic book convention in Toronto so it was an interesting bookend type of thing and then of course Adam West passed away I believe the following year uh, yeah. so I was very fortunate and thrilled that uh, we were both able to experience that, but yeah, I've, I've loved the character for a long, long time.
0: A car- yeah. I mean, uh, uh, a normal person doing abnormal things. I mean, it's fantastic. Now you're a coach consultant, like you already kind of talked about. And one of the, the big questions I throw out to all the, the coaches, consultants, cause I've think I, I've, I've had more of them on here is what separates you from other coaches, consultants, uh, mentors.
1: I think for me, especially in the lane that I work in, in burnout, is I had my own burnout journey, and it was pretty significant and catastrophic, quite frankly, for my life. And I learned what burnout was, how to identify it, and then most importantly, how to create my life where I wouldn't burn out. And unfortunately, I see way too many people, and it doesn't matter what sector it is. It could be healthcare, it could be legal, it could be real estate, it could be any industry. Uh, And based on the number of conferences that I've been speaking at over the last few years, it's pretty much every sector. Uh, People are burning out, and there's a lot of reasons why. And uh, I, of course, know what it's like to be burned out, and I know how to get out of it and how to have a life where you're not burning out.
0: Now, if if you're listening, you can tell that he's a a podcast host because he's giving me these layoffs right there. He brought up the idea of his own burnout, and now he guided me into asking the question, can you tell us a little about your, your own burnout?
1: Yeah, back in 2007, I was hired as a healthcare executive just outside of Windsor, Ontario. Canada. Uh, I'm a dual citizen. I grew up in the Detroit area and immigrated to Canada in 2004 with my former wife and became a citizen in 2011. So I like to joke that I can vote and screw up two countries, but then I leave it at that because I don't tell people who I vote for because half the audience would hate my gut. So I don't want to get anybody upset with me. But in this role as a healthcare executive i'd never worked in healthcare before i had a lot of startup experience in i.t and finance and and whatnot but i'd never worked in healthcare so there was a big learning curve for me and i spent a ton of time working uh, to get up to speed on building this healthcare clinic from ground zero to um, a running clinic that's you know still around today and doing quite well But it took a toll on me because I was working extremely long hours, basically from 6am to 11pm, seven days a week for about two years. And I wasn't taking care of myself. And For executives and business owners, you tend to get the good parking spot, so you don't walk as much. So I wasn't getting in any exercise, and my nutrition plan basically was breakfast, lunch, and dinner, ordering through a microphone, driving around the corner, paying for it, and getting handed a brown bag. I'll let you figure out what kind of food I was eating. Um, And it, it all came to a crashing halt in May of 2009, where over a period of 369 days, the following happened to me. I had a heart attack that should have killed me. Mm -hmm. 17 weeks later, I lost my job during the great recession. Windsor is across the border from Detroit, the auto sector was on its last legs. The government had to bail them out. So not too many jobs were around. And then several months later, after not being able to find a job, uh, my family car was repossessed and then finally in may of 2010. So a year later, uh, our home was foreclosed so heart attack job loss car repossession home foreclosure all in a year and all of those things happened because i was burned out i wasn't taking care of myself i was making mistakes at work Uh, i just was not a healthy mentally or physically human being and very fortunate uh, to have survived the heart attack because my blockages that i had in my left interior descending artery which has a nickname it's called the Mm. widowmaker. typically when there's blockages in that artery and people have a heart attack the survival rate is very low but i did and i realized that okay the way that i was going about life certainly wasn't going to be good for the long term so i decided all right what do i need to do about this and started to reinvent myself and before i continue if you're burned out right now, if anybody's listening right now or watching right now, uh, and you think you're burned out, majority of people do not need to reinvent their life. I did because I was just not living the best life. Most people just need to make a couple adjustments here and there, and it'll make a big difference to stop the burnout from proceeding. So, you
0: were you basically on cruise control, or were you not happy with your life? What, what? I mean, how do you look at the or classify it as burnout?
1: Uh, Burnout is a case of prolonged stress. You're fatigued. You're not sleeping well. You're just in this funk. You're you're literally, uh, you just can't function to your fullest extent. Now, a lot of people will look at it and say, it kind of sounds like depression. And there's a lot of similarities between clinical depression and burnout. The biggest difference that we've seen thus far in the studies on burnout versus depression is when you're burned out, you can still function a little bit Mm -hmm. if you're clinically depressed and deep into it uh, many times those people can't function they can't get out of bed they can't do anything where when you're burned out somehow you're able to muster enough energy to at least you know make an appearance at work or do some things but uh, every aspect of your life gets impacted from sleep your digestive system uh, cognitive ability, your relationships, you name it. Uh, it has such a nasty effect on people.
0: Now, at that point in time, before I guess the, the heart attack, how was your wife reacting to who you were at that time?
1: We had three small kids at the time, so we were kind of operating together, but not really. Hmm. Um, and you know, she was working at the school, and with three little kids, and I was working all the hours that I was working, um, you know, I was physically there, but not really, you know, I was focused so much on, on the work side of things, and stressing out over a lot of things, because running a medical clinic is stressful, you know, healthcare is definitely one of those industries that's, uh, has a lot of stressful moments, and of course, during this pandemic, it's been amplified quite a bit, uh, depending on, you know, what part of healthcare you work in, but for me, it, I, a lot of it had to do with, I wanted to make sure that we were successful. So instead of delegating and spreading the work, I just took everything on and didn't delegate and, uh, it didn't do me any favors by doing it that way.
0: I mean, it almost sounds like, and correct me wrong, that it's someone that's living strictly only in the moment only for for the now i mean because if you were to look bigger picture you'd realize the food was affecting you you would realize not to deal with too much of that stress because it's not the end of the world i mean appreciating i guess the moment but also understanding kind of the bigger picture is that kind of like a cor- correlation i guess to the to the the burnout you're going through
1: oh definitely yeah your ability to look forward or look at the big picture definitely gets impacted because you're most of the time in a fog you just Mm. you you can't make decisions you have struggles trying to figure out what you want to do another thing that happened with me is i stopped doing things in life that i enjoyed doing even though i was working long hours and many of us get into that situation you know i know in real estate those are some long hours because your clients want to see a property at a particular time when they're available so it makes for very long days Uh, but in those situations, you can still find windows of opportunity to do some things in life that you enjoy doing. And unfortunately, when you're working too many hours and you're not taking care of yourself, then those things get kicked to the curb and that just starts compounding the problems that we face.
0: So you have the heart attack, you're, um, I mean, I'm assuming put on some weight, I'm guessing too.
1: Yeah, when I yeah was at the heart attack, yeah, I definitely had put on uh, quite a bit of weight. A lot of that I have lost over the years, thankfully. Um, and I'm off the Howard medication too. Um, so,
0: so bad, uh, bad health, bad health, bad weight. The job, lost the house. I mean, that's a, a a big mountain to climb back up. Or even being positive and getting out of the haze. I mean, what steps did you start to take, or how long did you stay in the haze before you allowed yourself to to actually get out of it?
1: after the heart attack i had 17 weeks off to recover we had a short term disability policy through work and that was really beneficial for me because it allowed me to start doing some work on myself and going okay what do i need to do and you know thankfully the hospital uh, that i went to you know that did the heart procedure to open up the clogged artery you know they had a program where they had me go through uh, some physiotherapy, some mental therapy, working with a dietitian, all these things. So it helped me kind of say, okay, we got to change some things up a little bit, but I had a lot of downtime, which is something that I had not had in a very long time because I wasn't working and couldn't work. Basically, I was told, no, you're on disability. You're not supposed to work at all. Uh, So that found all kinds of different time to be able to start reflecting and Early on, someone told me, Whatever you do, don't beat yourself up for what happened. It's done. It's over with. You're still here. Start focusing on taking care of you and prioritizing yourself first. And once I started to implement some of those things, I noticed that I started feeling better and life started to flow a little bit better. And then, of course, you know, after recovering from the Uh, the heart attack in the 17 weeks, the organization I was working for wanted to go in a different direction. So, you know, they let me go. And, you know, obviously that's kind of a a kick. It's like, okay, wait a minute, I just come back from a cardiac event and now I don't have a job either during the great recession. That's awesome. Um, So, but every, each one of those losses, you know, the heart attack was obviously really significant. Uh, The job loss, you know, was not a lot of fun and, you know, it's Took me a long time to find a new job. Took me several months, lots of interviews, and again during a recession, not a lot of opportunities out there. Uh, so, do you, go ahead.
0: do you think? I mean, because so you had the seventeen weeks to work on some kind of mindset in your nutrition, but mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think if you would have got the heart attack and the job loss at the same time, instead of allowing you kind of a almost a cushion? to get the mindset right with the heart attack and then kind of have better capable of dealing with the job loss. Mm -hmm. um, Do you think it would have affected you worse? Do you think you'd be in this point that you are if you would have gotten them all at the same time?
1: I think in all likelihood it would have been worse because at least during those first 17 weeks, I had insurance coverage for the heart medication that I was on, which was over a thousand dollars a month. Now, of course, yeah. after losing the job, that went away. So, that created some significant financial challenges. Obviously, when you're on unemployment, too, you're not getting the same amount of revenue. Uh, so it was, uh, and of course, let's toss in a recession. You know, very similar to you know some of the challenges that people have been facing during during this pandemic as well. So uh, this pandemic, you know, not to segue into a different conversation, but there were a lot of similarities. Uh, to some of the challenges that i saw people having during this pandemic to what i had experienced and initially it, it triggered me I'm like, I'm like and i couldn't quite figure out what was going on at first i'm like why do i feel so anxious what what's going on i'm yes there's a pandemic people are dying you know all all the things that we've had to endure with all of this I was, I was, it was something different and I, and I finally was able to pinpoint. It's like, wait a minute, this is bringing back some past trauma of what I was experiencing during that time. And I, I, thankfully I was able to recognize it. I'm like, okay, I know that that is not happening to me now. I'm healthy. You know I have great income, life is good. you know all, all the things in life I'm mean, completely different than what it was like back then. But it it gave me uh, some empathy, quite frankly, for a lot of people that have been going through some similar situations. And I certainly hope no one's gone through what I went through. But that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, because I don't want people to go through that kind of stuff. They can prevent it, if at all possible.
0: Well, I mean, just imagine if if you didn't, I mean, go through that, you might not be here today. I mean, because... It could have been even a longer burnout. So I mean, sometimes you need that that big fall down to get back up and actually stand up fully instead of just basically burning out the rest of your life.
1: Yeah. If I didn't make the changes, I I am fairly confident that I would not be here. I'm very thankful and fortunate that that the heart attack didn't kill me. My cardiologist who put the stents in my artery, you know, he told me, he said, you know, statistically speaking, you should be dead right now. And I I, I told him, I guess he skipped bedside manner in medical school and he laughed and, but he was true. It it was a very truthful statement because statistically speaking, I shouldn't have, but I did. And I thought, okay, well, all right, let's, let's rebuild from this. You know, there's obviously a reason why I'm still here. So let's, let's do something with it.
0: I mean, I, I think for, for all of us, I mean, this idea of, of knowing your own mortality. I mean, I think a lot of people, Think oh well this is going to go on forever yet if you take a second to to understand that it's not going to go for on forever are you happy in what you're doing and can you really assess are you in your own burnout right now and not even realizing it
1: and i think a lot of people are doing that i think the pandemic has created an opportunity for people to take a step back and review and think okay is this the path that i want to be on doesn't matter what the situation is, might be in a work situation, could be relationship situation, could be where they live, all kinds of different things. You know, this this pandemic has been kind of a great reset for many people. And, you know, we've seen stories about the Great Resignation and all that. And I think that's a short-term situation. I think things will stabilize as time goes on. And work, as far as how that looks, remote, in-person, a mixture of both. I think all of these things are going to be sorted out. And I think one of the things that causes burnout is prolonged stress. And it's stressful for a lot of organizations and their employees because right now in, in many places, they, they're they not sure. They're like, well, we were working remotely. Do we want to stay doing that? Do we want to do this? So that uncertainty you know, causes stress. And the only advice I give people on that is understand that we're Kind of writing the rule book as we're playing the game and to be flexible and understanding and and realize that we may need to adjust here and there but be patient with it you know focus on the things you can do and you know don't spend time worrying about things that you can't
0: patience is a tough thing i think for a lot of us oh my gosh remember when you're a kid and you're Patiently awaiting opening your presence and you're like, oh, my gosh, I cannot sleep tonight. So excited. But patience is is definitely a virtue. Now, let's go back to, to you, Michael. So you find another job. When did you start getting the idea of I'm, you're going to start your own business and be your own boss?
1: Yeah, I started back in a healthcare role. Uh, when I found a new role up in Toronto, and my parents wanted to have me committed. They are saying, are you kidding me? You're going to work in healthcare, the field that nearly killed you. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I said, I'm gonna do something different this time. I'm gonna establish boundaries of when I work and when I don't, and make sure that that's clearly articulated with my boss and me, uh, and and establish that guideline. And I did, and it was successful. Worked in a lot of different settings, uh, worked on government committees, healthcare planning tables, all that kind of good stuff, you know, health system design, redesign of the healthcare system in Ontario, Canada, all of these things. So I was doing a lot and I was on boards of directors and, and you name it. Uh, but I, I had boundaries around it and I, uh, knowing what burnout felt like, I made sure that I didn't overcommit myself. But as I was doing all this and being successful, I was looking at my colleagues and I started to see. An older version of me and it scared me and i'm thinking oh no what in the world's going on these people are doing the same thing that i did so i started telling them hey look you know you're going to want to implement some things in your life because and i did, I wasn't at that point willing to share what had happened to me so i didn't i really didn't share that until i released my book about it that was the first time i actually went public with what had happened you know close friends and family knew of course but it wasn't something that i publicly declared and i i thought okay i'm telling these people to do it and they're like no nah, no nah, i'm just gonna work through it and I'm like, yeah, that's what i thought too that's but I, I didn't realize that I was burned out when I was burned out. Everybody else in the world that knew me personally did, but I certainly didn't. So I thought, okay, I got to do something different about this. And I started researching burnout a little bit more. You know, I knew a little bit about it because of my experience, but I, I wanted to research what was actually going on. What were some treatments? What were some ideas and all of that? And as I was doing that, it was a Pandora's box of, oh, wow, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. And thought, okay, well, let me start writing about my experiences. Let's start doing that. And it took on a life of its own. And talking with good colleagues of mine, they said, you know, you should probably do some consulting or coaching on this because your experience uh, will help you be able to recognize where they are and help them kind of recognize where they are and, and implement some steps that's helped you that can share that. So I started doing that. And then from that you know the people were telling me well you know share this you know start getting out there so i decided i'm going to write a book about my experience you know kind of as a a reminder to myself of what i've been through and where i am today and also just to share with people if you don't take care of yourself and prioritize you first uh, you could have your own year of worst case scenarios and from there launched my podcast and then started working with organizations and then started speaking on stages and it just, it's taken on a life of its own. Uh, I'm amazed at, you know, how, how quickly it grew, you know, and I, I always recommend, you know, talk with people that have gone before you as far as launching a business or consulting or coaching, you know, talk with people that maybe are a couple years further along than you are. So it's still relatively fresh. If you go and talk to one of the top successful coaches in the world that's been doing it for years, yes, you're going to get good insight from them, but they may not remember all the details of where you are in in your journey as far as being a coach or consultant.
0: How long did you or or when did you know that you were kind of out of the fire or maybe still working to get out of the fire of who you used to be and kind of who you are now. I mean, cause that has to be probably difficult of, of being on the podcast presenting. Cause you can talk about who you were, that negative person yet. People want to know for themselves, how do they get out of that that position and how do they get to the better person? Is so that kind of. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the, when I knew that I had made all the channel at all, but most of the changes that I wanted to, was about three years afterwards. I started getting my strides. So 2010 was the last, you know, when I lo- lost the house. Now, thankfully we, we had found a place uh, in Toronto and moved from that place. And ironically we're getting ready to sell it, but then the bank decided to sell it for us, but um, thankful for them anyway. But ultimately about two or three years after that, as I was getting into the swing of the career and doing all the things and I knew that, okay, I've, I'm living life, you know, I'm I'm enjoying my time with my kids. I'm doing things outside of work that I like because I had the time availability to do it because I, you know, picked a job that would allow me to do that, even though, you know, sometimes you have long commutes, depending on you know, like if you're in L.A. or other parts where you got a long commute, and you don't live in the city and you're making long drives. You know, sometimes that can take it. But when I had those situations this time around, yeah, I made sure that I used that time for you know, my own well-being, whether it was listening to sports talk radio or listening to my favorite music or you know, whatever the case may be. You know, just you, can, you mix it up a little bit. And just you know, made sure that I enjoyed life. So it, it varies. You know, some people can you know, get back to the swing of things and you know, turn the corner sooner. Some people maybe a little bit longer. It really depends on why did they burn out? You know, is that because of a, just a specific work situation? Or was it because of past behaviors, beliefs, thought patterns, habits, programming from when they were younger there's all kinds of different things you know that are into it that's why I went and got my certificates in NLP and CBT therapy because when I was working with individuals I started recognizing it's like okay this is deeper than you're working 60 hours a week this goes back to when you were 12 and you wanted to be a swimmer but your parents said no we want you to play the piano we don't want you to train for Olympic swimming events. We want you to play piano. And they carried that through all the way to their adult life and had struggles in certain things because they ended up picking things that they didn't want to do because they had that programming from, no, this is what my parents want for me. And it's like, no, what do you want for you? And guess what? You have the permission to do it because it's your life. Uh, So that's just one example of some of the things that I've seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had uh, a lot of different people on here that uh, look at it differently. Either reprogramming yourself, or mm-hmm. I've had other people talk about the idea that it's almost like a, a upward spiral that you mm-hmm. constantly hit the same kind of topic again. Yet the next time you hit that topic, you're able to to uh, interact with it a lot better and yeah. and kind of change the way you look at it a little bit better. But it still comes up. It's just you're a different person when you're when you're looking at it
1: yeah the experience and the clarity and previous experience definitely plays a big part it's because when you're not burned out and you're not completely under stress and you pay attention to just your daily routine and how things are going you can pick up on things a little bit easier if you're a little bit calmer and not dealing with the road rage of, and of course, you know, during, you know, stressful times, and of course, this pandemic has been very stressful for a lot of people. uh, Sometimes we get agitated and irritated by even little things that really aren't a big deal. If you can learn to recognize your emotions, recognize these triggers that set you off and say, okay, why did that upset me? Mm. And and figure out okay well and it could be something just it reminds you of a past experience a past encounter that you had with somebody uh, there, it's it's amazing you know history doesn't repeat itself but it often rhymes is a quote that I've heard recently and history does kind of repeat but I, I I like the rhyming analogy because there's experiences that we face in life because of how we live our life and the, where we work and the things that we do that you're going to have a situation that's going to remind you of a previous experience. Hopefully that was positive. If it was negative, either way, if you can recognize it and be able to kind of pause for a moment and go, okay, yes, this reminds me of that negative encounter I had with my ex or with you know a former boss, but that's not the situation now, then it helps you kind of keep yourself in check and go, okay, I'm not going to let this overtake my day. Maybe for this moment, but at least I can recognize it and then proceed accordingly.
0: Do you think there's anything that your wife or someone close to you could have told you back then before you had the heart attack that would have snapped you out of the burnout?
1: My hunch is no. And I had long conversations with my brother about this. And yeah, he tried, um, and other people, friends were like, you know, you got to take care of yourself. Even, even my former employer that let me go, um, they recognized that I wasn't the same person that they had hired as far as my personality. Um, I was a lot more irritable. I just wasn't the same person. Um, and you know, they recognized that you know, something was amiss. Uh, but I was just driven, like, nope, this is my goal. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to finish this race, even though half my leg is gone. And the hospital's right there saying, we can fix your leg. Like, no, I got to finish this race. It's, you know, that's a kind of a strange analogy. But sometimes when you're so focused on an outcome and you're not willing to be flexible about it, that's where sometimes you can get in trouble. And I see it a lot with people that are type A driven personalities, especially in the C-suite, but you know, every level in an organization, but particularly those leaders that have rose through the ranks and now they're running this organization and they like, it has to be this way and you have to be a little bit more flexible because we deal with these things called human beings. And we all have our nuances. We all have our challenges. We all have our strengths. We all have our areas of growth potential and things change and evolve and it it makes it if you have that recognition of being able to just take a breath and go okay what how can we deal with this it makes things so much easier
0: so is is there anything i mean from all your years of helping people right that if let's say someone listening right now has a uh, someone that they love that they feel that's going through this haze this burnout Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would suggest them try to do to get that person to self-realize what they're going through?
1: I think, yeah, and, you know, because it, it didn't work with me, but I know why it didn't work with me. Yes, there's yeah. definitely ways you can do it. And approaching them uh, in a you know, comforting way. I'm concerned about you. It's like you're spending your time. Is there anything that I can do to help? One of the exercises that I have people do is to literally track their time. You know what are they spending time on, mm-hmm. and a good colleague of mine, uh, actually I've had two colleagues that have taught me this. But uh, uh, Virginia is one that she she taught me this a couple years ago. You know even though I've been you know doing this work for a long time, but she did it for me. She said, okay, let's look at your calendar, and I had on my calendar, me time or self care time, whatever, and that can be exercise doing fun things I like doing, going to concerts, sporting events, whatever. That's me time. That's beneficial for me. She said, I want you to color code that. So uh, if you can, and you know, if you're colorblind, this is not a great exercise. But if you're not, I always have to frame that because I, I, I've i worked with people that, you know, I know people that are colorblind. So they say, eh, use symbols, you know, use a diamond or a star or something like that. But anyway, what you want to do is you want to differentiate your me time or your self-care time from everything else and utilize your favorite color if you color code that because your brain is naturally inclined to notice your favorite color you'll, you'll just you'll pick it out if you saw a spectrum your your eyes are going to gravitate towards your favorite color so the reason why you do that is you can take a step back and look at your calendar you know if it's a digital calendar or even a paper when you use a highlighter and you can actually squint you don't have to look at the text. You just look, and if you don't see enough of your favorite color, which is, in my case, is blue, if you don't see enough of your favorite color, that tells you that you didn't spend enough time on that day or that week on you. Now, what you can do is you can look back for a couple of weeks and see how you've been doing, or you can look forward a couple of weeks and see. If you don't see enough of the color, you can make some adjustments. Work-life balance is there's an author that wrote a book about that. It's the work-life balance myth. You cannot have balance. It's like balancing an egg. It's just not going to work. There's a harmony about life. There's going to be busier times and less busier times. There's going to be seasons. You know, Let's say you're working in America's Finest City, for example, and you do work for the Padres during the season. Well, season's over now. So you're not working as much as you would be, you know, in the spring and the summer. So, you know, you have to adjust accordingly on that. Same thing on any profession. When my first career was in accounting. I worked for a CPA firm. Tax season. You know, I still have this feeling of relief on April 16th, even though I haven't worked in that industry for a long time. April 16th is still a wonderful day. It's like, feels good. Even though, again, I haven't worked in it forever. But during tax season, you know, you're working some insane hours. So it's understanding that there's going to be some seasons and things that are going to be a little more taxing, pardon the pun, uh, than others. And you, you have to just adjust accordingly, realizing, okay, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm taking care of myself, getting the right foods, getting the right amount of rest, so I can be my best when I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And when you do that, It makes it easier. So, you know, the long-winded answer to your question is just have your loved one or friend and just kind of write down how they're spending their time. And if you see some opportunities where, you know, maybe they could toss in, you know, an hour or half an hour coffee date with their friend or something, start adding those things back. Because my hunch is if they're burned out or really stressed out, they're not doing those things. And that's so critically important for them to do things in life that they enjoy doing.
0: And if you need something to enjoy doing, uh, you can watch the San Diego Padres ideally win a world series one day.
1: <laughs> well, we got, well, you got the no hitter this year. <laughs> we did get the no hitter this year.
0: So that's one positive.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you've, you've got a, you got a brand new manager, um, yeah. and you know, a core team and you know the, that team to the North has lost some talent. So, you know, there's uh,
0: definitely possibilities. Uh, if um and it well and if anyone doesn't know, I'm a huge Padre fan. I love the Padres. That's why I have all the stuff in the videos, Padre stuff. Anyways, um, if someone's listening right now and they did the exercise you talked about, they put their calendar together and they realize they don't have their favorite color. They don't have enough of their favorite color on their actual calendar. Mm-hmm. What's the best way of them reaching out to you, going to your podcast, finding more information, classes, whatever you else might offer?
1: Yeah, breakfastleadership.com is probably the best place to find me. I'm on most of the social media channels as well. Just look on Breakfast Leadership or Be Fast Leadership, so the letter B and then Fast Leadership. But if you use a Google search and just look up Breakfast Leadership, you'll find me on. All the podcast channels, my website, you know, on the website, I've got some resources uh, and different things and happy to have a conversation with people and, you know, send them some resources, you know, no obligation or anything like that to uh, help them kind of guide through and, you know, stop burnout in its tracks. Because having had it, it's not something that I uh, would ever want anybody to go through.
0: I mean, if you're listening right now and you have, you know, any kind of thoughts, any kind of, I mean, you're thinking that might be you take I mean, go to Michael, go to the, the, the breakfast leadership network. I mean, take the chance right now. It's so easy from one day, go to the next day and the next day and the next day. I mean, I, I've been there. I never had a heart attack, but I've been in the situations where I, I, I woke up one day and, and I, I realized I was in the construction field before this, before I got into real estate. And I would eat on the go, eat on the go. And I saw my weight just, go up but you don't realize it because one day to the next day to the next day until you actually jump on a scale. I jumped on a scale and I and I go that machine's wrong. That's not how much I wait but then you start seeing yourself in the mirror you start seeing basically everything that's going wrong and it can slowly build up just like an, an avalanche. So stop it now take the chance if you have any kind of thought do that do the calendar thing. Do the color I mean very simple very easy Uh, Even if you're not even sure that you might not might do the calendar thing, it'll only take you a couple of minutes. And if you um, are questioning it, go to the Breakfast uh, Leadership Club. Thank you. I appreciate you, Michael, for being here. Everyone, please subscribe. Uh, Please listen. Go find Michael. Thanks, everyone. On to the next one